Hello and welcome back to Wellness with a Gynae Nurse. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So in this episode, we are going to talk all about cervical screening, HPV, what HPV means, breaking down the taboo and stigma, a little bit of clickbait because I know a lot of people and it goes through a lot of people's minds. The first ever time they hear of HPV, they will associate it with Um, you know thinking that oh god has my partner cheated on me and we'll deep dive into that and why people think that what that means um, and yeah really put the facts out there Um, sorry there wasn't an episode last week Um, life got very very busy but I have managed to schedule in being able to film record two episodes this week so hopefully that will make up for it So to start this off, I want to um, deep dive into a little bit first about cervical screening, what it is. Um, You know, you might have turned up to your cervical screening, not really fully understanding the procedure, what happens before or after, etc. And then I want to just go through exactly what HPV is, what it means if it comes up on your screening. Um, You know, and we can all help each other out here, spread the knowledge, make women feel extremely comfortable to go for this life-saving screening um, program that we have here Um, and as we go along um, hopefully I can tell you some of the the, um, statistics about where we're at right now with our cervical screening program um, and why we need more women to attend um, with the correct information of why they're attending. So a little bit about cervical screening So all women aged between 25 and 64 are invited to their cervical screening. Um, They will receive a letter um, and then they will attend an appointment, you know, either at their GP surgery, at a woman's health hub, um, you know, sexual health clinic, um, wherever they're being told to go, um, they'll book an appointment and they'll go for their cervical screening. So everyone with a cervix should go to a cervical screening appointment if you are offered one. Um, So and the most important thing to know about this is, is it is not a test for cancer, it is a test to prevent cancer. So one of the narratives as to why some people don't attend is that you know, it can be very scary, but they think they're going for this test and it's looking for cancer, but actually it's preventing you from getting cancer. Um, In, you know, obviously it does pick up, you know, and I will come on to this, some cancers, um, not the test itself, the following, um, the following consequence in appointments that lead from cervical cancer um, screening, should you need it. Um, But the test itself, when you go to your cervical screening is helping you to prevent cancer. Um, And during the screening appointment, a small sample of cells will be taken from your cervix. What they're looking for here is they are looking to see if HPV is present. So HPV is a virus and there are are many types of HPV, um, which I'll come and talk about in a bit more depth shortly, Um, but some HPV are classed as high risk and it's these, um, H- it's the HPV that in some cases can develop into abnormal cells. Um, so just to put into kind of context, um, should you go for your screening and, you know, what, what are the outcomes? What, what will you get a letter saying if, you know, if you've never been? So um, you might get the appointment that, um, 
we get your appointment and the letter comes back and it says HPV negative. So that means that um, you have had your test. They can't see the viruses present. So you will be put back into routine screening and you'll be screened again in three or five years time, depending on your age. Um, you might get a letter back that says HPV positive, no abnormal cells. So this means that they can see that HPV is detected, but they can also see that no abnormal cell changes has happened consequently of that HPV. So in this case, um, the chances are that your immune system will likely get rid of the HPV and you will be asked back to screening sooner than usual. Um, and this will all be explained in your letter. Um, but and then you'll be retested in the hope that the your immune system has cleared the HPV from your system. And I'll come on and talk a little bit about what why our bodies are capable of that, etc. The last outcome is that you might receive um, a letter that says HPV positive abnormal cells found. Now, this is where people are then invited to um, colposcopy um, within a gynecology setting. Um, and this is where they'll have a more in-depth look at your cervix to see what's happening um, with kind of um, those cells. And then from then on, you'll, you'll be offered treatment um, depending on what they see. The other thing is you might get a letter back. You might get the annoying letter back that says inadequate result, um, which is likely due to a technical problem. Um, and the laboratory cannot get a HPV test result. Um, so they typically ask you to um, come again in three months time um, and they will have another look and redo the cervical screening. Um, it's really important that you follow that back up and you do reattend that appointment. Um, a lot of those appointments get missed. So just to put that all into context in terms of the result you may receive. Um, so if 100 people are having cervical screening, 13 people will have a HPV positive result and 87 of those people will have a HPV negative result. So of those 13 people that are getting the HPV positive result, nine of those people will be deemed no abnormal cell changes and be invited to screening in 12 months time. And four of those people will be invited to have colposcopy. So 100 people, four people out of those 100 people are being invited to um, colposcopy to potentially look at abnormal cells. So hopefully that puts a little bit into context about um, the ratio of people being referred post cervical screening. Um, should that be in the back of your mind that, you know, you've got a lot of worry there. Um, but I think that that's um, just something to bear in mind. Um, so moving on to what HPV is. Um, so in terms of cervical cancer, um, HPV causes 99.8% of cervical cancers. So this is why it's super important that you go for your routine screening. There is no other way we would know we have HPV if we didn't go for this screening. So this is why we call it cancer preventing screening rather than cancer detecting screening, because we know that 99.8% um, of cases are related to HPV. So that's why we're screening and 
taking proactive um, proactive treatment in making sure that um, you know we keep the prevalence of HPV low. So in terms of also what I was saying, you know, there are multiple, um, there are over 100 different strains of HPV, not all of them are high risk cancer related. Um, some of them, you know, include like warts on your hands, um, genital warts, um, and I believe around 13 of them are classed as high risk. Um, and in terms of kind of the taboo and stigma around HPV, so 80% of people in their lifetime will will have HPV. And the good news is our immune system is very good at getting rid of it. And 90% of people will have cleared the virus within two years. So this is why um, if you go for your cervical screening and you get a result back that says HPV positive, no abnormal cells found is why you're invited a year later to have a, another look. So the hope is that in that time that your body and your immune system has cleared the HPV. Um, but it's also a good checkpoint to see, you know, if your body hasn't, that no abnormal cells have formed. Um, so yeah, just to kind of put that into perspective, obviously um, I have met women who, um, you know, have received that result, you know, HPV positive, um, but no abnormal cells change. It can be incredibly worrying. And, you know, quite, quite rightly, like you are very much entitled to feel like that. And I, I just want you to know that this is a very um, well-established program built on science, built on research and built on the knowledge that we have um, and how prevalent HPV is in relation to how good our bodies are at clearing it is how they have deemed that it is safe to retest in, in a year. Because I know a lot of people ask that. And sometimes when I do gynae cancer talks, um, I get asked that a lot. So HPV is sexually transmitted. And I think this is where the um, confusion, the anger, the has my partner cheated on me a lot, um, where yeah, likely brings the taboo and stigma that stems from HPV, because it is linked to sex. So many people um, assume that the person they are currently having sexual contact with is the person that has given them HPV. But in fact, um, you could have picked HPV up from your first ever sexual encounter, because HPV um, can lay dormant and inactive in the body for a very long time, without it being detected or causing any problems. Um, and then it can become active many years later. So it can be very, very difficult to know at what point the virus was contracted and from whom. Um, and I know for a lot of people, um, if you've got a mind that likes to go into overdrive, you're a big overthinker, this is a real difficult thing for a lot of people to overcome because they want to know they want to know where it came from you know and when you're being told you know you've got it's HPV and you know it's being present a lot of people they they want to know who where they got it from what time went when did they get it how long has it been dormant how long has it been active um, but unfortunately those answers aren't possible to know um, it can take many years um, for the HPV to become active um, like I said it will lay dormant um, so this is why it is super, super important that we are hypervigilant, um, in terms of, 
um, making sure that we follow the, the guidelines that are given to us around reducing HPV. Because if 99.8% of cervical cancers are linked to HPV, clearly there is work we can do to reduce the cancer risk by, by following the guidelines that we have. So this involves partaking in the HPV vaccination program, which has been found to have be 90% effective and protection lasts at least 10 years. So this, the HPV um, vaccination program changed this year. Um, and it was found that only one vaccine was good enough um, in terms of protection. And um, this, the vaccine is most effective given before um, uh, we become sexually active. Um, so this is typically given between the age of 12 and 13 in schools in the UK. Um, so I think there's a lot more awareness and a lot more kind of guidance around this now, but I definitely remember, you know, not so long back, you know, being like, well, my daughter, my son's not sexually active. Why do they need that? Um, but hopefully understanding that um, it is as it is more effective giving it to people who have not started being sexually active yet um, than giving it to people who have already been sexually active. Um, so that is why it's given to um, 12 and 13 year olds in school. Um, and HPV is carried by boys and girls. So um, it's super important that that is, um, we understand that HPV has no gender. Um, not smoking. So um, when we are thinking about um, our immune system and clearing out the HPV, um, smoking can lower our immune system. So um, abstaining from smoking can help. And also practicing safe sex to yeah, help reduce those risks. Um, so hopefully um, this has kind of helped build up a little bit of knowledge around HPV, what it means. Um, you know, and I really hope that the conversation that you can have and the conversation you can have with other people, um, you know, can be open, um, free of judgment, um, because that's that's the crucial part in preventing HPV, you know, talking about it. And, um, you know, if you are a woman who has received, you know, a diagnosis of HPV in your um, cervical screening, um, to not feel shame and stigma around it, you know, like I said, 80% of people will contract HPV in their lifetime. Um, chances are before, you know, before you even get to your first cervical screening, your body has cleared it from your system. Um, or, you know, you might be one of the lucky 20%, but that's why it's really important that we all understand this um, and know that we, we, all have a, we all have a part to play in this. Um, yeah, so I hope that that was kind of helpful. Um, and just remember, you know, cervical screening saves lives. Um, it prevents 70% of cervical cancer deaths um, in the UK. Um, it's part of a free, you know, like cancer screening program. Um, and we should all, yeah, be encouraged to go. Um, so, yeah hopefully that has kind of cleared everything up this is obviously quite a short episode um if you do have any questions um you've got any stories to share um you know 
I you can find me over on Zoe Lapwood underscore coaching. Um, share this with your friends, share this with as many people as possible. Um, there's lots of information out there. And, and I think until it happens to you, you know, you might be thinking, oh, well, that's not that's not stigmatizing. That's not shame. Um, but, you know, once you get pushed into this minefield of, um, you know, that's come back and it's unexpected and, you know, then you're questioning, like, where did this come from? How did I get this? Um, is this something my partner has given me? Um, when did he give it to me? How did he get it? You know, just just hopefully this information has reliterated a little bit about, you know, that those questions aren't answered, that can't be answered. Um, so yeah, and if you haven't booked your cervical screening, you haven't been, um, I, I really, really encourage you to do so. And the other thing to just say on that is, if you're somebody that doesn't want to go for the cervical screening, um, you know, for various reasons, um, and I understand there are reasons, I would always speak to your GP and just say, I'm not planning on coming to my cervical screening. This is why. Because I always think it's worth telling somebody rather than sitting in silence and, you know, worrying about that on your own. When you, you know, I always say, you know, if you share a problem with someone and I think your GP is the perfect person to do this with, I think instantly it just helps. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, like I said, any questions, um, pop them over on my Instagram. Please do share this episode and I will see you shortly.